G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. We're living in a time of unprecedented uncertainty. But Pastor Greg Laurie says our all-powerful God cares for us. No matter what you're going through right now, no matter what hardship you're facing, I want you to know that you are saved if you put your faith in Jesus Christ. That is not affected by COVID-19. Your salvation is not affected by fluctuation in the stock market or changes in the economy. So live out your own salvation. This is the day when the lost are found This is the day for a new beginning Amazing grace, how sweet the sound Again you hear all the angels are singing This is the day, the day when life begins When Jesus saves us, we're saved to the uttermost As we read in Hebrews chapter 7 We're not mostly or pretty much saved As one speaker pointed out, the old hymn doesn't say, Sin has left a crimson stain, he washed it light pink. No, it says white as snow. But what should our response be to that finished work on the cross? Pastor Greg Laurie tackles that question today here on A New Beginning. It's foundational insight that every believer should know. Glad you've joined us. read an article online the other day that talked about Uber Eats. So they deliver food uh, to people. And it was interesting because by each state, they said, what are the most popular things that people are ordering to eat from Uber Eats in that state? So Arizona, Virginia, South Carolina, and Illinois all have something in common. You guys, you love French fries. That's what you order. Now over in Hawaii, barbecue mixed plate. That makes sense. Mixed plate is very popular on the islands. Louisiana, they like chips and queso. So Montana, enchiladas. Interesting. Texas, this really surprised me. Texas, the most popular thing they like to order is pad thai. Pad thai. What? What? Texan people, what are you doing? You should be ordering barbecue. And by the way, if you live in Texas, You have an awesome place called Babe's Fried Chicken. And when I'm in Texas, that's where I eat. And I probably gained 15 pounds the last time I was in Texas eating Babe's Fried Chicken along with the biscuits, along with the mashed potatoes. Oh, it's so good. Okay, so Iowa, the big order for them from Uber Eats is the large poke bowl. That kind of surprises me for Iowa. Here in California, it's chicken tikka masala. I don't even know if I've ever even had that before, but that's what people are eating. So there you go. But you know, we need to be working out. We need to be exercising. I don't know about you, but I personally hate exercise and I'm not looking forward to going back to the gym again. And maybe some of you are working out at home and you're trying to get into shape. Uh, But here's the thing. We not only need to work out physically, we need to work out spiritually, if you will. In fact, the only workout or the only exercise some people get 
is jumping to conclusions, running down others, and sidestepping responsibilities. I hope you're more active than that spiritually. And I wanna look at the words of the Apostle Paul to the believers there in Philippi because effectively he's telling them to work out what God has worked in. If you have a Bible, I'd like you to open it up right now and turn to Philippians chapter two. I'm gonna read verses 12 to 16. Here are the words of Paul. He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and do of his good pleasure, do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so I may rejoice in the day of Christ, and I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Paul says, work out your own salvation. So let me start with my first point. We need to work out what God has worked in. We need to work out what God has worked in, or as St. Paul and St. John said, we can work it out. Actually, that's John Lennon, Paul McCartney, the Beatles. That was a Beatles song, I digress. Anyway, again, we need to work out what God has worked in, verse 12, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Please note he did not say work for your salvation. Salvation is a gift from God. We're told over in the book of Ephesians chapter two, verse eight, for by grace you have been saved through faith and it's not of works lest any man should boast. Listen, I don't know about you. I know that my sin is forgiven. I know that I will go to heaven when I die. How do I know that? Because I believe the promises of God. I've received the gift from God of eternal life. But what does Paul mean then when he says, work out your own salvation? Remember again that the book of Philippians, the epistle to the people there, it's written to Christians. These words are written to believers to work out their own salvation. It could better be translated work it out or carry it out completely or bring it to full completion. You know, there is effort involved in the Christian life. You don't just accept Christ and sit back and do nothing. The Bible tells us that the Christian life is like running a race. We'll talk about that next time. The Christian life is like being in a war. We're in battle. The Christian life is not a playground. It's a battleground. But he says, work out your own salvation. Let me just talk to you for a moment about that word salvation or the word saved. I love the word saved. What a perfect word. Uh, you'll see that word used if uh, a firefighter goes into a building and rescues someone. You might read in an article, they were saved. And indeed they were. Or if someone was drowning and a lifeguard went and rescued them, we'll say that person was saved. By the way, that reminds me of a pastor who was moonlighting as a lifeguard to make a little extra money. And apparently a lot of people were drowning on his station. So they tried to figure out what's going on with this preacher. All these people are drowning when he's the lifeguard. So they went and observed him and they saw people calling for help and the preacher just looked at him and said, God bless you, I see that hand. God bless you, I see that hand. It's a joke, people, don't take it seriously. But here's the point, saved is the perfect word and that is what God has done for us. Listen to this, he has saved us he is saving us and he will save us. He has saved us from judgment. 
That's what we all were going to face. Without Christ, we were going to face eternal judgment and separation from God. He saved us from that, but He's saving us every day. Uh, we face temptation and difficulty and hardship, and Christ gets us through it. He's saving us, and ultimately He will save us. We will come to the end of our life and we'll pass into eternity. And because we have put our faith in Jesus, we have the promise of salvation, which is, of course, the hope of heaven. When God saves a person, He forgives their sin and puts it away, and He not only forgives it, He forgets it. Listen, when God saves a person, He justifies them. Now in the Bible, that is a word that speaks of something He does for us, which means that he places the righteousness of Christ into your spiritual bank account, if you will. One way I've heard the word justified translated is just as if it never had happened. So when you're saved, when you believe in Jesus, your sin is forgiven, your sin is forgotten, and it's like it never even took place. Isn't that amazing? That's what God has done for you. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews 2.3, it's a great salvation. In fact, it asks the question, how can we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? So listen, no matter what you're going through right now, no matter what hardship you're facing, I want you to know that you are saved if you put your faith in Jesus Christ. That is not affected by COVID-19. Your salvation is not affected by fluctuation in the stock market or changes in the economy. So work out, live out, play out your own salvation. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. He's the Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, USA. And today's message is from his series in Philippians called Quarantine Life. It's a study called We Can Work It Out. Let's continue. Work out your own salvation. Actually, the phrasing that Paul uses here uh, could be uh, translated to work out as in a mine. Work out a mine. I'm in California right now. Years ago, we had what was called the California Gold Rush. And uh, people came from California from all around the world because they thought there was just gold laying in the streets. And what gold there was readily available was soon gone but there was a lot more gold up in them thar hills, as it was said, but you had to go into the mines and you had to mine the gold and hopefully you might find the mother load. I don't know if you realize how much God has done for you. It's found in the Bible, but as you explore it and discover it, it's like you're finding the mother load of the promises of God in the Bible that are all a part of salvation. So work out your own salvation. This is a great thing. And I'm not in any way trying to imply that that's something you should worry about losing. When you put your faith in Jesus, you don't have to worry about losing your salvation because God has promised you, Romans 8, 16, His Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And my favorite assurance verse is 1 John 5, 13, these things we write to you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. You can know it as a fact because God has done it for you. But what about that question? Can a Christian lose their salvation? We've seen people that 
make an initial profession of faith. It looks as though God has really changed our life. And then they just bail uh, three weeks later, two months later, and we say, well, wow, was that person saved and now are they no longer saved? I think the better question is, were they really saved to begin with? I'm reminded of what Jesus said in what we call the parable of the sower. He talked about seed that was thrown out and it, and it landed out there in the gravel and it was not able to get root and it shot up and withered quickly. Then he explained it and he said in Mark 4, 16, these people are the ones that hear the word of God. They respond with great enthusiasm, but there is such shallow soil of character that when the emotions wear off or difficulty arrives, there is nothing to show for it, okay? So it's not just having an emotional experience. You have to work it out. You have to live it out. You need to continue in this commitment you've made for Christ. In fact, I have actually five litmus tests that you can apply in your life to determine whether or not you really are saved, to determine whether or not Christ really lives inside of you. Number one, if you are really saved, you will confess Jesus Christ as Lord. If you are really saved, you will confess Jesus Christ as Lord. First John 4, 15 says, he that confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him, and he in God. So listen, if you believe in Jesus, you need to let someone know. Jesus said, if you will confess me before people, I'll confess you before my Father and the angels in heaven. Look for an opportunity to tell someone about your faith in Jesus Christ. If you're a real believer, you will confess that Christ is your Lord. Number two, if you're really saved, you'll obey God's commands. If you're really saved, you'll obey God's commands. First John 5, 3 says, this is love for God that you obey his commands and his commands are not burdensome for everyone that is born of God overcomes the world. Now this is a problem for some. Oh, they obey the commands of God they like. They ignore the ones they don't like. But Jesus said, you are my disciples if you do whatsoever I command you. He did not say, you are my disciples if you do whatsoever you personally agree with. Or you are my disciples if you do whatsoever you find easy. No, he says, you are my disciples if you do whatsoever I command you. I had a person ask me once, Pastor Greg, what do you do when you come to a passage in the scripture you don't agree with? So my response was, well, change your opinion because you're wrong and the Bible is right. We can't edit the Bible according to how we want to live. We should edit how we live according to what the Bible says. And notice also that that verse I quoted in 1 John 5, it says, if you're really a believer, you'll obey his commands, and they're not burdensome. They're not burdensome. Do you find God's word hard to live by? You say, oh man, I don't like this, and I don't like that. And Well, listen, it's not a burden when you understand that these words were put in Scripture, and yes, the commandments were put in Scripture for your own protection. And that brings me to point number three. If you're really saved, you will be unhappy and miserable when you have sinned. If you're really saved, you'll be unhappy or miserable when you have sinned. First John 3, 9 says, everyone who's been born of God does not habitually sin 
because God's seed remains in him and he's not able habitually to sin. That verse does not say that if you're a child of God, you will not sin because everyone sins all the time. Sins of commission, sins of omission. I've told you before, a sin of commission is when you do what you should not do. A sin of omission is when you don't do what you should do. And the Bible says if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So we all sin. But there's a difference between sinning and knowing it and being sorry for it and the person who intentionally sins again and again, and they do it habitually. And the Bible is saying if you're a child of God, you won't habitually sin. Listen, you won't be sinless, but you will sin less. And you will not be happy after you've sinned, and you'll want to get right with God. Listen, if you want to be an unhappy person, have unconfessed sin in your life. Happiness does not come from sin. Misery, guilt, and repercussions come from sin. That is why the Bible says, happy is the man who has been forgiven of his sin. After David sinned against the Lord, he wrote in Psalm 51, Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Here's point number four. If you want to know if you're saved or not, did you keep yourself from the evil one or from the devil? First John 5.18 says, We know whoever is born of God does not sin, and he who has been born of God keeps himself from the wicked one, and the wicked one does not touch him. So to keep himself means you stay as far away from evil as you possibly can. Listen, I don't keep myself saved, but I can keep myself safe. I can avoid relationships. I can avoid environments. I can avoid situations where I know that I'm vulnerable and I know I could sin. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught us to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. And then he says, And lead us not into temptation. And what that really is saying is, Lord, help me to not get in a place where I would fall. Help me take the practical steps. And so if you're really a child of God, you'll want to stay away from ungodly influences. But having said that, if you're really a child of God, you'll want to be around godly influences because you will love Christians, your fellow believers. That's point number five. If you're really saved, you will love other Christians. First John 5, 1 John 5.1 says, Everyone that believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. I bring this up because I've heard people say, Well, I love Jesus. I just don't like Christians. Hey, I know. We're not perfect. Far from it. I've often said, if you're looking for a hypocrite-free church, don't join it because you'll ruin it. The church is filled with flawed people that fall short constantly, but we are the family of God. And if we really love the Lord, we'll love to be around His people. Pastor Greg Laurie with five points that are very timely and help us to confirm our relationship with God. Some very good insight today from Pastor Greg and his important message in Philippians called We Can Work It Out from the series Quarantine Life. 
Do join us tomorrow at the same time for more right here on A New Beginning. Like a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called We Can Work It Out. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.